The Combiners could ruin everything unless we stay calm. Word has gotten out about Menasaur and Computron's battle on Combinus. The citizens are scared. We are here to maintain peace, not reignite the war that Optimus and Megatron started millions of years ago. The Combiners are still Autobots and Decepticons. We can't just murder our own people. That's genocide. You are the last person who should ever be commenting on murdering other Transformers. Those were different times, Mistress. How long have you been planning this? A very long time. But I had no idea all this power would be so... satisfying. <laughs> I... can... see... I know... everything. I am... everything. Hello and welcome to Allagamer the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and this week's guest is... You can introduce yourself now, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am anymore. So many people by now. Uh, my name is Frank Todaro. Hi. And um, you might know Frank as the voice of Starscream in Transformers War for Cybertron Siege, which is out on Netflix, by the way, so check that out if you have not, because... You know, this episode is not going to make sense because you're going to be like, what the <laughs> heck are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he is currently like the voice of uh, Cup uh, Mugman in the Cuphead show, which is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which um, got announced. Well, you know, I think the, the cast was announced uh, this year and we don't know about a release date, so. As much as I would love to, to sit around <laughs> and ask the big question of when is Cuphead going to come out, you know, we don't know. So sometime, no scoops this time. So, next so ne- sometime next year, this episode's going to be, like, more important <laughs> because everyone's going to be like, oh, he had the guy who he had Mugman on and they didn't talk about the show. Well, this is recorded <laughs> before the show came out, so I, I wouldn't know what to ask him. So, but, um... Now, your your journey's been really interesting because you started out as part of the Transformers fandom and you kind of went into... Gosh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you kind of went into... Became, you know, you, you started out as a fan who was, um, you know, doing form stuff and, you know, convention circuits and all that stuff and you just rose up to the ranks of becoming <laughs> the voice of one of the most iconic characters in the franchise. So Yes, I rose up through the ranks much like someone else out there to become air commander so to speak only it's much less glamorous when you're hiding in a blanket fort sweating all day um yeah but how did that happen like how did how did we get here is the the first oh question it's it's actually like a weird sort of uh chain of events and and pretty much a coincidence that it all happened the way that it was it wasn't like a direct because i was a fan it was an oh my god i'm a fan and this is the thing i get to do um so I'm from uh, I'm from Queens, New York, and uh, yeah, the the Transformers thing. I've been a fan since uh, man, well, 1984, uh, and I liked Gobots first, so because I'm <clears throat> years old, and uh, and 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 they came out a year before for uh, for you young kids out there. I think the uh, first ones were dropping end 82 to 83, so I was playing in the schoolyard, and then Transformers came out, and it blew my mind. And let me tell you, uh, I've got like a hundred. 
Rubbermaid containers of toys back in storage in New York, which I won't say where, just in case there's treasure hunters out. And uh, a whole bunch of them came across country when we finally moved here. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was uh, part of the early days of the fandom online, uh, BotCon. I met a family member through the Transformers fandom. That's a, that's a weird story that I don't want to bore you with too much. But yeah, yeah. Apparently some people in the 90s used their real names on the internet. I wasn't one of them. Uh, and Transformers, I guess, in more ways than one, is sort of the reason why I'm here at all. So I remember very vividly there was this moment. Do um, uh, you, you know Beast Wars? Do I know Beast Wars? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the guy who said the guy who says, "Oh, David K will forever be my Megatron." Do I know Beast Wars? <laughs> and let me tell you, like David K, have you ever gotten to meet him or talk to him? Yeah, he was on the show. Very nice he guy. He's the nicest human being. Like uh, a wonderful, wonderful human being. Uh, but yeah, really nice. Uh, but it was it was sort of that moment. I remember, gosh. 1990 something standing in my parents bathroom and looking in the mirror and making funny voices because I've always been a fan of like oh, Frank Welker and all of these amazing voice actors Greg Burke Michael Bell uh, all, all of these people that were such inspirations to me but the actual aha gotcha moment was thinking about Scott McNeil and if you know Beast Wars you know he voiced about half of the characters in uh, in seasons one and two uh, and uh, and three I guess yeah because Dinobot comes back um, and uh, and yeah I was like I, I want to do that so I worked I worked away uh, around in New York. New York, the market is mostly like commercials and video games I was doing. I did a bunch of other stuff. Um, I used to do voiceover for deaf theater where the, the actors would be signing and I would be speaking off to the side. A uh, whole bunch of improv and always in the back burner I was doing voiceovers, voiceovers uh, here and there. And Transformers getting getting Starscream in Combiner Wars was the first time I played Star, Starscream. It was uh, Combiner Wars, then in Titans Return, uh, Power of the Primes, and now uh, War for Cybertron Siege. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There was a tiny version of myself doing a backflip on my insides uh, because because that was it. I mean, I was making Starscream voices when I was a little kid. Yeah, and and did they? I mean, well, it's I mean, it's G1 Starscream, and G1 Starscream has a you know the definitive sound we all know and love, and <laughs> yeah. and you know, was that hard? Like you know, staying true to to you know Lada's take, or but but also doing your own you know spin on the character, or was that easy for you? Well, in season one or not season one uh in uh, combiner wars when i first started doing starscream uh they the direction wasn't what was specifically not g1 to have the feel there but um this is a funny story uh when a crazy old man i just starts telling stories left and right um it was uh, eric kellerum was the showrunner of that and he was calling me while i was in the supermarket in the middle of flushing queens uh forest hills queens and uh, i ran out to take the call he was calling to kind of let me down about the whole thing well hey you know we, we can't fly out here uh, uh we don't know what we really want but so i asked him what do you want and i ran out of the store i was staying next to a dumpster so i'm next to a dumpster in the back of a supermarket in the middle of queens and he mentioned lord varus from game of thrones if you know game of thrones uh the eunuch and we started going on these this sort of different recipes. And I was like, I was changing, going back and forth, back and forth. So Starscream for that first uh, that first show was a cocktail of a bunch of different things, and the G1 Starscream just being one of them. So, and then there's this oh, this is awesome moment in that show where 
uh, when he first, then he sees Megatron for the first time, and he's got this sort of like I don't know PTSD of, of Megatron. And the second he sees him, he's like, I know you, and like he turns back into G1 G1 Starscream because it is supposed to be the same guy, like 50 years in the future. But um, but it, that that I think was probably my favorite moment from that show, uh, where he just like he whatever airs he put on as a politician just sort of dropped, and he turned back into this you know scenery chewing monster that we remember from our childhood. I mean, he's a he's a fun character, and and it's kind of weird because I remember like when I first watched G1 way back in like the the mid 2000s, you know, yeah. late 2000s, because I I didn't grow up with G1. I grew up with Beast Wars, and mm. and let me tell you, it was kind of weird watching that show and not getting all the G1 references <laughs> because right. I because I didn't grow up with G1. Like people like don't understand like there was a whole generation of kids who did not grow up with G1. We grew up with yeah. Beast Wars, and that's what we know. Like that's you know that that was our introduction to the franchise. So like years later, when I was like, okay, this is now readily available. Let's check it out. And I'm like, oh, I get the hype now. And it's oh, kind of yeah, and it's, it's kind of weird because I went through like years and years and years of not knowing what Peter Cullen or Frank Welker's <laughs> Megatron sounded like because I'd never watched the. <sighs> Because I never watched the show, yeah. and and um and you know when I watched the show and and finally understood what the what all the big deal was, and I'm like, oh okay, mm-hmm. cool, but um you know <laughs> but the point is, like. I remember like really disliking Starscream at first because I'm like, you know, <laughs> like he all he does is try to betray Megatron in every single episode yeah. and it never works out. I don't know why you keep doing this. I, I and it and it's kind of frustrating. But then, you know, you think about his character and 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 and, uh, you know, and how much of a mainstay of mainstay part of the franchise he is. And and you start to really understand why people like him. <laughs> Because, you know, he's just that guy who want, who thinks he's a great leader, but he's actually really terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, you know, brass tacks of it all, he's the perfect Decepticon. Like, I, in this new show, in, uh, in War for Cybertron, it's sort of like a really good illustration of this. Where I know you had Lindsay on. She plays uh, Alita 1. Alita right? 1, and I had Mark Witten, who plays uh, Sideswipe and uh, Skywarp. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Skywarp. Poor Skywarp. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play like arms of an angel now over whatever I say to poor Skywarp. Uh, but uh, Alita one, someone was pointing this out to me where they're like, oh, well, she's always like questioning uh, Optimus's decisions in this. And I, I didn't really notice it at first watching it, but watching it again, I saw that. And it wasn't necessarily she was disagreeing with Optimus. It was that she is the purest form of Autobot and Optimus sort of needs her in his ear. I'm going somewhere with it. Trust me. Uh, he needs her in his ear to sort of bring him back to why they're fighting because this, you know, this is early on in the war. This is, he's, he has to have her next to him to keep him, you know, uh, on course. But if you look at Megatron, Megatron needs Starscream for the exact same reason. Starscream wants power. He doesn't care how he gets it. He has, he is everything that Megatron denies being because he's got these highfalutin ideals of, you know, bringing uh, justice to the people and what have you. But in reality, he's a despot. He's Dr. Doom. He's a bad guy. Uh, sorry, Dr. Doom. I'm sure you're a wonderful uh, Latverian. And 
Starscream keeps him honest by sort of pulling him to the dark side the way that Alita. So they're kind of like two sides of the same coin. And like, I remember just thinking about this one day and I'm like, it, it, this makes so much sense where you've got this dichotomy of Optimus and Megatron sort of being a little closer together or closer to each other rather than they would like to admit. And then you've got Starscream and Alita 1 pulling them back towards what the Decepticons and Autobots mean respectively. So it's just a thought that I had. Dude. No, because I was rewatching it and I kind of noticed like out of all the incarnations of Transformers, like this version of Starscream is kind of the closest to Megatron when it comes to it being in his ear, which is yeah. kind of weird because you would, you know, in other incarnations, he would have just like slapped him away and he's like, no, <laughs> just what are you doing? <laughs> I'm not exactly. listening to you. <laughs> I mean, that's the big joke of uh, of G1 Transformers. Why does Megatron keep this dog that you can't put on a leash and just goes around and, like, the second you turn your back? And, and yeah, like, I feel like the, the War for Cybertron show, considering that as part of the mythos, it sort of makes sense. They're sort of, like, retconning it so that, like, yeah, the Starscream serves his purpose. His purpose is just, you know, Megatron's aware of how self-serving he is, and that is my cat. That is Guinness the cat who decided to walk into the room with the closed door somehow i'm pretty sure he's like a blink dog or something oh boy this is a this good is god <laughs> yeah the yep. wonders of recording during quarantine oh boy <laughs> gosh the other day i was uh, no joke auditioning for a cat and i'm there in the uh, in the booth going and then uh, two seconds later from the other side of the door he's there trying to take my job so <laughs> I actually I wrote to the the person I'm like, hey, look, you know, if you want, I'll get you his agent's info and stuff. It's fine. But uh, yeah, he's a little uh, he's a little showboater. Now he's sleeping. Now you're sleeping. This is a really interesting conversation here, Guinness. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> any, anyway, but um. Now I mentioned this before, but I you know what one of the things yeah. I really love about this this incarnation was Starscream's arc. I love that we saw we actually see him rising to the ranks and. You know, weaseling his way into into being the leader <laughs> of the right? into being the leader of the seekers, and I'm like, yes, if you're gonna do G1 for the billionth time, please do something new with it, because I'm tired of mm. the same story over and over again. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was uh, different than G1, <clears throat> and I remember when I read the script, I'm like, oh, so they're not scientists because there's that one episode of G1 where uh, Starscream and Jetfire are like science bros, and they. Or some millions of years ago, crash land on Earth for some reason. Uh, and you can't really be, like, tied down to all that stuff. But it also, like, the way that the story is structured, that still could have happened. That still could be a thing. Who knows? Who knows if they were scientists beforehand or whatever. But um, but it was it was a lot of fun. And Keith, God, Keith does such a great job with Jetfire. Ah, uh, man. Um, no, my one regret is that the toy doesn't come with that little knife that uh, comes out of his arm in that one scene where he's, like, chops off my hand. I'm saying my hand, like it's my hand. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do Transformers even? And get phantom limb syndrome after <laughs> exactly <laughs> well i mean starstream's a ghost sometimes so yeah sure phantom limb syndrome makes oh yeah that was weird as a kid like watching watching that episode and 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 thinking like okay so optimus dies and he can't come yeah. back as a ghost but starscream can how and then and then beast wars <laughs> was like oh he had a mutant soul so that's uh, why yeah <laughs> that was cool in beast wars uh God, yeah, when he possessed a waspinator, and they, they kind of described the whole thing. The only thing that uh, that was like, well, how, how did this happen, right, was Beast Wars is millions of years in the past, yet the disembodied spark of Starscream should have been in the year 2005, you know, like... 
uh, from season three of Transformers, which took place, you know, after 2005. Uh, if you watch Power of the Primes, they fix that by having, because that takes place, because I think all of the Prime Wars stuff takes place 50 years in the future of G1. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. So about just about 50 years in the future, which Beast Wars takes place 300 years in the future of where we are right now. And then they go back several million years, not a full five million years. You following all this? They're going to draw a diagram, too, that nobody can see. Uh, so in the end of that, when they show Primal and Optimus walking towards the Axelon, Starscream's ghost is hiding in the staircase, and he has, like, a silly, like, laughter line or something. And it's just a little hook in the end. And me as, like, the raging fanboy that I am, I'm like, that makes sense now for Possessions and Beast Wars. Okay, we're on. He time-traveled. Thank you for going on that journey with me. No, I, I and I kind of like that because it's it's one of those it's one it's again it's part of it being a fan of this show is just admitting how stupid it is. But we're but but we were just gonna be like, you know what? We need to fix this. I just love the fact that it, it I, I just love the fact that this series tries so hard to make like the G one and Beast Wars timeline make sense. Mm. <laughs> like, and I mean they shouldn't, but like they they try, and that's you know. It's, uh... well, God, Beast Wars itself wasn't really uh, <clears throat> like the connective tissue wasn't there originally uh, in such a strong way as it was for season two with, the, with all the transmetals and everything. And I think it was something where they said uh, the word Primus or they, they had these references that like some were from the comics and some were from uh, the, the TV show the from G1. Uh, a buddy of mine, Ben Yee, I think even helped them with some of the references because they started realizing, oh, wait a second, we're creating by writing season one and throwing these like fun little references in they were creating uh was it larry attillo and uh, and bob ford uh this unified universe like this like w what marvel's doing now They're, they've connected this so when ravage appears and his like oh gosh I, I that blew my mind for you. You not knowing G one watching it's probably oh who's this weird Russian cat guy and why does he have an accent? Yep. Whatever. You know, it's like so weird how like God oh, this guy sounds like Jackie Gleason. This guy sounds like Igor. Like it was it was a uh, it was interesting, but it's also super fun. You know, I mean it carries over in modern Transformers too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So by the time they made those connections, those connections stayed. And that's like that's like canon now too. It's great. Yep, yep. You know, be, uh, Ravage showing showing up in Beast Wars. That's part of the canon. Like he he, he showed up, but I'm still waiting for them to try to to somehow f you know fit in Beast Wars two into that into that into that whole mess. I want to see them try at least <laughs> to explain that. <laughs> Sorry, my lips were tied there. I, uh... <clears throat> Uh, yep, that that I, I'm pretty sure. Like at some point, like that screen cap of um, what was it, Leo Prime and um, Optimus, uh, Optimus uh, Primal from like one of the I think it was Beast Wars two. I don't remember. Is gonna make <laughs> sense at some point. <laughs> we're gonna look back at that and we're like, oh yep, that's God. that 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 happened at some point in the continuity. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go into the Japanese stuff, like we're gonna and Scramble City is canon too, and that throws everything off. And oh gosh, what was that? Energoise, Energoise, and I don't know how to say it. It's like a French-ish word. Uh, God, man. But yeah, I, or Godmasters, it's another one. I, oh, I oh yeah, to, they had the three those things. Yeah, yeah, they had the three Headmaster series, and mm -hmm. and 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 I and I think I remember like during during Prime, like when when that was going on, they had their own version. 
like that aired exclusively in Japan that was like totally different <laughs> to the continuity of the right. of the US show. Same thing with so Transformers Go, right? Yeah, Transformers yeah. Transformers Go and 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 cuz there was like a weird character that wasn't in the in the U.S. show that got a toy who was in the Japanese show. I, I think it was like Thunder or something. I don't remember his name. Thunderhoof or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, that was the, uh, the R.I.D. though, Thunderhoof, right? Yeah, I, I I think so. But he was in like so, the he was in he was in like uh, Go or something. And it's and it's mm-hmm. just this is what I love about this is this the series is like um you know Japan has their own version of the continuity. The U.S. market has their own version of the continuity. It's it's great, really. <laughs> yeah, and then in in this new series, it's the same on either it's the same on either side of the ocean. So there's uh, and it's still a quick shout out to FJ DeSanto. He's been really working with uh, with these guys uh, to kind of have this unified uh, push to uh, to the narrative and to everything else. Um, I think um, a lot of the old voice actors came back for uh, for the Japanese uh, language stuff. And there's this golden god behind the scenes that nobody knows about named Matt Murray. He's the supervising producer, and like I think he literally sprouted out like a hundred more arms to kind of keep everything in uh, in line. And what's great is all these guys they they love Transformers too. Matt is a huge Beast Wars fan. I know uh, FJ grew up with this stuff too. Um, he's only like a, a couple of years older than I am, so he grew up watching G1 and reading the comics, and he has a background in comics too so uh <laughs> so them and the, uh, between them and the writers things connect in a way that makes sense even if they were crazy pants beforehand so uh so they, they did a good job with it yeah i mean because they did something different it wasn't just okay let's retell g1 for the billionth time it's it's well, you yeah. know let's take let's do something new with these characters like Ratchet's arc. That was interesting. Like having him just be sick of everything and just like, I'm helping out whoever. I don't care if they're Autobot or Decepticon. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I never understood this, this whole thing about, you know, when, once you choose sides, everyone's loyal to that side and every, and, and it's like, you know, why can't they just, you know, realize that war is pointless now because we got to sell toys. That's why. Okay. (laughs) And and he had like uh, you know uh, uh, Skywarp you know getting murdered horribly. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that I think that's when you knew in the series like no one is safe. They just killed one of the triumvirate of the Seekers that you see all the time outside of the Coneheads. Like they just killed Skywarp. And I mean, they're robots, you know, whatever is whatever. But for the reality of that show right now, that character is dead. Anything can happen. It's kind of like when you see Tasha Yar die in the first season of star trek and then you're oh god no everyone can die this is crazy no one is safe well, no one else really did but uh, uh dr crusher left for a season right yeah the, and she left and then came <laughs> back and it was uh, confusing <laughs> i'm just gonna start talking about star trek for an hour <laughs> sorry about that man <laughs> no no i mean this is, this is what i love about it it's just like you know you start yeah. transformers and you get you get to the hard stuff you get to the star trek that's 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 the <laughs> that's the real shit right there well, if anybody is in this business and doesn't love the stuff that they're doing between you running a radio show, me going, hiding into a closet, pretending to be a robot bunny or something, like, you have to love it. You have to be a fan, too, or it's going to be real boring real quick. There's the, especially, like, when you're, when you set out to be in voice acting, you eat a lot of ramen noodles in the beginning, too. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't stop. And you need to really love what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah. 
I'm a, if you could see me right now, there's like a shelf of old 80s and 90s Dungeons and Dragons books behind me and there's toys everywhere and stuff. And not that everybody needs to be as pathetic as I am and push myself into a locker sometimes. Uh, but you have to like it. You have to like, you know, there has to be a reason there, right? So, so yeah, we can talk about some Star Wars theories if you want or now, I, X-Men I, comics. We're good. Oh, God, don't get me started on X-Men comics. <laughs> like, like it always it always goes – I mean, this show now, like the, the biggest trope of this show now is like it just devolves into me ranting about 90s comics making no sense <laughs> and, and how t- – like I, I okay. Like long story short, I remember reading like I mean because I bought I bought a bunch of trades, you know, back when you know we used to have conventions and we used to you know all the the before times <laughs> children, yeah. um, you know I bought I bought a bunch of trades and one of them was like a trade collecting like a couple of Magneto stories from you know the from from after onslaught and I had never read that period of X Men comics and I remember reading this uh, you know recently and. I'm I'm like, good lord, this is terrible. Good lord, this is awful. Oh, oh my god, wasn't there? That was around the uh, the time where Magneto ripped all the metal off of Wolverine's yep. bones. Yeah, that somehow made him lose his nose when he healed. <laughs> like he wore like a bandana and had no nose. And he was like, I, I, I yeah, yeah. And, I don't even know. <laughs> and and you had like Magneto's clone Joseph, who only existed, oh, be, who only existed because they wanted a good version of Magneto on the team. I don't care what you tell me, that's his only contribution to this franchise. <laughs> like some of the best Magneto is when he's wearing that lavender outfit, and he was like with the New Mutants and stuff. He was like when he was there at the mansion, like uh, that was a good version of Magneto. Uh, but yeah, they had to have the clones, and he had a like a like a ponytail, and then there was what was the other guy Zorn from the um from the the what's it called? Uh, gosh, I don't remember Zorn. You know, the, the guy, his name was Zorn. And he had like a metal mask on, and like in the end, he like blows up New York. And she's just kidding. I was Magneto all along. And, oh, and, and oh, oh, that was from. Um... From Morrison's run, that was way later. Yeah, Morrison's run. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. I think it's like E is for extinction. Maybe was the storyline. Yeah, where he but was yeah, like, yeah. I was Magneto all along, and I'm like, look, <gasps> look, <laughs> I I know that you love Grant. I know you love like really weird twists <laughs> and callbacks to previous yeah. comics, but yeah. this is a stretch even for you. <laughs> Yo, I, I love Grant Morrison. He uh, he's brilliant, you know. Uh, and and he did his research too. Like he went back and like think read every single X Men comic before he took over that title. So like kudos to him. But that was weird. And I don't know if he was. I don't know if that was him or if that was like one of his like pressure from uh, the company to bring this. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the information's out there on the internet. But I actually really liked that storyline. The uh, the weird black leather years of. Uh, of the x-men but uh my god i joked about this devolving into x-men conversation we're literally doing that and i'm fine with it <laughs> no because that that's still fresh in my mind because i'm like you know right? you, you know you're stuck in you know at home doing nothing and i'm like okay let's read a bunch of old comics and and i'm like oh god my brain hurts and and i and i <laughs> And I, and I literally remember, like, um, you know, in during a stream, like, talking to, to you know, people in the chat about, you know, X-Men comics, because it devolved into comic book talk, because why wouldn't it? <laughs> and um, and people were like, no, it's better. I mean, the, the, the stuff, the 90s stuff was better than the, the current stuff. And I'm like, really? Have you read it? <laughs> like, have you read it? 
because this is this is not good this is really terrible this is man this is like that weird period of, in marvel where they just like survived bankruptcy and they're like uh we don't know what to do <laughs> now so we're just gonna throw like, whatever in the wall and hope it sticks you need to like get a pdf of like heroes reborn and just send it to anyone who says that and like no no check this out yeah there's some cool stuff in the 90s but also this <laughs> no i, I mean because i remember like watching like a video of troy baker and some like someone like asked him like what was your favorite period in, in, of, of, of comics and he's like oh the 90s and i'm like really dude <laughs> really <laughs> there was some good stuff there was some good stuff there was just also the most 90s stuff ever the most like extreme doritos mountain dew fueled jolt cola fueled uh nonsense that was out there like i wasn't a big fan of onslaught but there were other x-men stories that were pretty good and like god like the early 90s was it was very god i mean jim lee run right up until they played basketball was a uh, phenomenal you know but um but yeah i mean you can't really say anything because there's someone who's a fan that there's someone like the same way that your first transformers was beast wars right and i loved beast wars i remember some other people my age that were like optimus is a truck not a monkey you know like and they would get like ah, another well it's a different guy watch the show it's really cool and the comedy timing is wonderful and uh and eventually they warmed up to it and turned into like shakespeare now right everybody respects it but when it came out it was like eh, do we really want this same thing with uh people but uh you know crap on armada energon cybertron the unicron trilogy and there are people out there where that's their g1 that's their that's their tentpole and to the point that they're making modern toys now of the characters as they appeared there i, I have a, a hot shot remolded from hound like a couple feet away from where my hand is waving around as yeah but i seen. think but i think that's only because like hot shot became like a popular character and he was like there was that period remember like there was that weird period in time where they were trying to push hotshot as the next bumblebee but then like the movie came yeah. out and bumblebee became popular and they're like nope change it yeah. to bumblebee <laughs> it's a red car yeah, it's close enough <laughs> <laughs> no because that was a weird because i remember like you know back when animated came out like you know they they wanted hotshot to be like the 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 guy the guy instead of bumblebee but then yeah. the movie came out and that and Bumblebee became a huge, you know, character. They're like, no, change it yeah. to Bumblebee, and I'm glad they did because I cannot imagine that show with Hotshot as part of the main mm. the main crew. <laughs> Hotshot was like like if Bumblebee and Hot Rod got caught in a transporter accident. You got that like spunky, plucky, whatever thing. Um, oh, and Hot Rod, jeez. <laughs> and there's another one, you know, people for the longest time ragged on Hot Rod. And then those More Than Meets the Eye comics come out and he's everybody's favorite character. It's uh, it's interesting how things kind of like ebb and flow with uh, within fandoms. And that's the one thing. You can never really like, you know, nothing is cemented. Everything is, everything is, you know, there's a nuance there that somebody's going to like. So you can't really like poo-poo on anything too much yeah but, yeah uh, i mean it's it's the same yeah. thing with like i mean you know speaking of animated like i'm not a fan of that show but i can respect the people who are i mean it's like you know if mm -hmm. that's if that's your thing cool like mm. you know you, you know cool that you found joy in something i didn't find i didn't really like so there you go yeah. and that's and i loved it <laughs> and that's and that's cool that's cool you know there's and it's and that's it i can i can love it you can choose not to watch it and we all high five at the end of the day yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I get crap for liking Prime, so you know, there you go. It's like, oh, why do, why do you like Prime? Really? Yeah, yeah, because people don't like Prime. I'm like, why can't? Why don't you like Prime? It's a really yes. good show. <laughs> like, gosh, 
man, I, I Prime is like I, I thought Prime was like held on high because uh, it, it, it was so good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that was oh, Jeremy uh, Jeffrey Combs. That was the, my one of my favorite depictions of Ratchet, where he's just sort of like an animated did it too, where they sort of leaned into the Doctor McCoy sort of grouchy doctor. I think at one point each of them respectively said, uh, "I'm a doctor, not a whatever toaster oven or something like that." Uh, I, I love I love that. Like um, that wasn't a good carryover. And then Bulkhead, Bulkhead, we uh, was purely from uh, from animated, and uh, to the point that they had to rename Bulkhead back to Hound in the movie universe when he looked very much like Bulkhead. It was, but again, everything influences whatever comes next. And there's a fan of it somewhere that's really happy that it did. Yeah, I mean that's that's the great thing about this franchise, like the little carry, you know, the little carryovers from each, you know, incarnation. Oh. You know, and and you know, they have Cyberverse, which is basically like just like shove everything everything from the past 20 or so years into one series and just like yeah it works <laughs> animated did that too in their last season i think that metro titan had a guest appearance like all these background things uh derek wyatt is just like a a encyclopedic uh tome of uh, transformers in his mind and there were so many little references there like japanese exclusive toys and different little things there uh and in the dialogue they'd like throw something in the same way they did with beast wars and got them all connected too uh yeah i mean so, yeah i, I think mean they were do, i mean they were doing the whole you know fan service thing way before the idw comics started doing it yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely gosh and then um going before that with the dream wave comics where uh they would take like somebody from one frame of one of the episodes and make him like the big bad of the entire series with sunstorm or something like that but yeah i, I mean, love how i mean oh, please go ahead. no i mean i i mean look say what you will say about dream wave and and they're you know wrong but I like that arc. I liked Sunstorm being like the bad guy for once. It was different. It was it was yeah. it, it was interesting. And then he was never used from again. <laughs> <laughs> War Within was a really good comic. That was that was Simon Furman though, right? Yep. I think he he wrote that. Yep. I mean that's you know Simon Furman. Jeez, <laughs> that's that's like Mister Transformers right there. I've got my Death's Head action figure on the other side of me from the Hot Rod right now. Uh, that's a fun story. Do you know about Death's Head? Oh yeah, I know Death's Head. He's a he's a weird character. A yeah. weird character that I'm kind of glad is getting like a little resurgence in popularity in yeah. recent years. <laughs> At a there was a convention. Someone someone in the audience was dressed as the Seventh Doctor from Doctor Who and. And it was a Transformers convention. And I had to, like, kind of I, I single this dude out and made him stand up. I'm like, do you know who Death's Head is? And we had this whole conversation about how this character, like, connects the Doctor Who and Marvel and Transformers universe. And he, he the reason why he can talk to Spider-Man is because the Doctor shrunk him down with the tissue, tissue compressor from the Master in this one comic. And it's, uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. Because it's like, when you're a little kid and you're playing with your action figures and, you know, I wish He-Man was the same size as this G.I. Joe so I can make them talk to each other. And uh, and there are things out there. This whole Tommy Westfall connection of uh, unified uh, media and Death's Head is that for Transformers? There you go. Yeah, Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, and then, transforming TARDIS now after the DeLorean. Oh God, yeah, the DeLorean and the Ghostbusters car and, uh, and the Top mm -hmm. Gun, <laughs> the Top Gun crossover. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> like. You're just like finding any iconic piece of like memorabilia from the past 30 or plus years and trying to make it a transformer, aren't you? And I'm fine with that. <laughs> like you can just Exactly. Yeah, just just do whatever. Like, you know, why not? Like, why not? Like what if the DeLorean was a transformer, you know? <laughs> 
Like, I and I'm buying every one. <laughs> if once they get like the A Team van to just stand up and turn into like a robot Mr. T, that'd be pretty cool. That's what I want to see. It has to come with a tiny Mr. T. It'll be a Barakas action figure that you put in the front seat and have them come out and team up. And, I don't know, punch bad guys if you can find them. But uh, here, there's there's my pitch, Hasbro. A Team van, be a Barakas's transformer. Done. Yeah, but but then he would be like the most useless transformer because he we would not fly and he would refuse to get on the plane <laughs> dude thank you that's awesome <laughs> they gotta give him a little bit of like bad energon in his milk no, get him. Uh, oh like, like all i can think about it from the a team is like that early like robot chicken sketch with, with like drugging the milk and he's like oh, we God, drugged yeah. the milk you didn't have to knock him out <laughs> <laughs> God, here's a show that's born out of playing with your toys together. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, like, oh god, and I remember like the early Transformers. Like, stuff. it's funny, like watching that show. And, I mean, being a huge toy collecting nerd that I am, and mm. and like realizing that they use like the masterpieces for some of the sketches. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's the masterpiece, uh, Optimus. That's the that's... oh, yeah, the it burns when I pee one. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did I just tell you? <laughs> Yeah, it was the first Masterpiece of Optimus Prime, yeah, MPO one right on. Yeah, which I still own, and it uh, yeah. takes up a lot of shelf space, though. That's my problem <laughs> with it. <laughs> he went back into storage when I got MPO 10, uh, MP10, um, and I gotta say, the uh, Earthrise Optimus Prime is a better Optimus Prime than Masterpiece 10. Like, it's a really good toy, if you have you fear. Have you played with that yet or seen it no i i stopped collecting i, I kind of fell off and i kind of you know it's kind of weird i mean i said this before but like i fell off when mm. hasbro was getting good <laughs> like when they were getting better and i'm like nope you hurt me too much hasbro i'm not doing this <laughs> anymore <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, because there was that period of yeah. like you know, Beast Hunters where the quality control was kind of oh, it was kind of real terrible. Like the, you know, the, the Beast the Beast Hunters line, and and then you had like the Age of Extinction line, and I'm like, yeah, that's my cutoff point. I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Some of the movie toys, some of the movie toys, they, yeah, the tolerance and ball joints and stuff were were pretty loose, pretty loose on those, uh, for sure. I didn't, I didn't collect many movie stuff though. I um I was I mean and again things. and again as as someone who you know it's kind of it really pisses me off like that they came out with like studio series and it's like uh, uh, show accurate mm. uh, movie accurate toys and that they right. look better what <laughs> gosh it's and it's so funny because you have like like the studio series of the Michael Bay movie characters so you've got the same people who are like well, I don't like the Bay first blah, blah, blah. and then they're going out and spying all these things and the best illustration of that which right on it's a really brilliantly engineered thing you don't need to love uh the source material um whether you like it or not it's a piece of art but there's this jar jar binks action figure that came out or was announced or whatever think of for pre-order and people were clamoring for it like it sold out and they were like oh my god this is the best thing in the world i'm like what did you do what, what was all that you said about jar jar like poor little jar jar through for like 20 years and now you're like i, I had to pre-order there's a limit of three god darn it it was so I, you can't gauge anything, man. Everything eventually, someone finds worth in in everything. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, like that that studio series, you know, uh, Age of, not Age of, Age of Extinction, uh, Dark of the Moon, Megatron with the hood and the shotgun. Yes. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful toy. And 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 Soundwave in his car mode. Oh, like, I'm sorry, like Soundwave, yeah. man. Oh. And the. Uh, 
the the other one just came out the um uh, the satellite version too. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean, I, I have the original. And I'm looking at. It, I'm like, why why couldn't you be the original? Why couldn't you be the original? <laughs> God, I have that original too. Um, he's man, so small. One of my he's so small. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite pieces is a is a movie line. Uh, it was entry mode Optimus Prime. They made it Optimus Prime and a Starscream. And he basically looks like a comet. Um, I'm pretty sure this was one of the ones that Aaron Archer designed. And it just like, it's got this beautiful profile. And um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but like the a very intuitive transformation. But it, it's so complicated looking, but very, very easy, easy to transform. Uh, and just beautifully tight. Not a, I mean, there's a big thing hanging off his back but outside of that uh not a lot of kibble i'm sorry people are tuning in to talk about voice acting listen to voice acting here I'm well i mean you know on, you, on you're, you, you know look, look man you know what you know <laughs> here's the rule like if if you're a transformers fan and you collect the toys we're gonna talk about the, the toys damn right man <laughs> damn right like I'm but sorry because yeah, I mean because I had like Gavin Hammond and you know on here and he you know we talked about you know collecting toys and I'm like okay which line did you collect he's like oh man I, I love the um God, what was that what was that line uh, alternative alter alternators, alternators yeah. yeah and I'm like we, cast metal pieces and stuff yeah yeah he's like I remember going to the to the store buying those buying those alternators because I really like the concept I'm like yeah right yeah. on dude. <laughs> Or, and then like there, there's like some that weren't released here, so you had to get the, like the the vinyl tech version of Shockwave that was oh I I, I oh stuff. I have the Shockwave and it's a piece of crap. Toy. <laughs> you don't like that? I thought it was really cool. I mean, I like the car mode, but the the robot mode. Oh, good lord. <laughs> The only one that I didn't really the, – the one I did not get were the uh, – they did the cassettes. They did the, like Rumble and Frenzy as a car, and it just like never never got that one. And then the when they finally made the Optimus out of like a pickup truck, it just sort of fell apart in my hands. Um, great in concept, but I guess the, the U.S. release of it just sort of like you look at it really hard, it just kind of explodes. But uh, but yeah, that was a really fun line. The uh, – the, God, it wasn't Wind Charger. I forget, um, I forget the name they gave him, but the, the little convertible. Uh, it's one of, like the third releases. That was a really good piece. And and, and there were plans to to incorporate like Black Arachne and RC into the line, but oh, you know, wow. then, but that that fell through. <laughs> well, I remember at uh, one of the botcons where they had it in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Uh, and again, this is all like way before I had anything officially to do with Transformers. I think I was in like one little uh, uh, Beast Wars prequel. Um, and they, they were showing us from the titanium line some of the advanced uh, some of the advanced designs that never made it because titanium died. And there was a cosmos that I think some of the tooling kind of went over into that little tiny basic figure, uh, the ones that were coming with the little target master and stuff towards the end of generation generations thirty. Uh, and yeah, they're like the stuff that never sees light of day is uh, it just blows your mind. Really, really. Really cool stuff. I know. I mean, because uh, I mean, I remember looking at that mold, and I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, kind of wish someone, I kind of wish it it had it had come out because that would make a really good um, what's his face from GoBots? Uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Pathfinder. Yeah, Pathfinder. That that yeah. make a really good Pathfinder. You know. <laughs> I, man, I gotta say, I'm so happy. We're just chilling out talking about GoBots, and just, you just we just talk about Pathfinder. What the hell, man? <laughs> this is a message. Best interview ever. It's cool. No, because I remember yeah. like watching so, a YouTube video and, and someone brought up Pathfinder. I'm like, yeah, you know that 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 make a good yeah. Pathfinder. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Hasbro, you own the IPs. You can you can you can do that. I don't know why you don't do that. I don't know why you know the only 
Like the only GoBot characters we got like was Cr- uh, Crasher, I think it was. Oh yeah, that the, <laughs> yeah, the fra- Walmart or, exclusive. Or Fracture, Fracture. <laughs> Crasher, Fracture. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, and, and then like in the in the comics once in a while though like they always have to break or kill Psykill somehow you know it was in a gladiator pit or there's just like a body on the floor or <laughs> poor Scooter just gets the shaft all the time uh, I'll tell you I uh, I treated myself something nice happened professionally a couple weeks ago uh, and my reward for myself was ordering a Rock Lord on eBay that I never had as a kid. So yeah, yeah, I, I spent money on a rock lord, dude. Oh god, uh, please tell me it wasn't a scalper. Please tell me it wasn't a scalper. Oh, no, I got, I got a pretty good deal on it. It was a, it was Terra Rock, the one that turned into like a weird pterodactyl dragon monster. Uh, because I kind of almost have all the other ones. Uh, <laughs> I like rock lords. They were, they were neat. Probably why I like that comet Optimus Prime for so much reason. No, oh, I mean no, no, this but no, but, but you know, you bring up a good point of you know like we might you know we might disagree on stuff and we might but but somewhere out there like someone's gonna find joy in a toy or a franchise or whatever that that someone else outright hates because i remember like the whole like way back in when i was you know knee deep in in the transformers fandom people Mm -hmm. just hated those comet transformers they're like ah it's an ugly lump of nothing that transforms into an ugly lump of nothing you know (laughs) And, and yeah and and i'm and i'm like you know maybe it's not your thing but like somewhere out there kids grew up with you know the movie version of optimus prime and megatron mm-hmm. and and that's the characters they know like yeah. and and now you're gonna have kids who are gonna grow up with bumblebee and that's that's what that's the version of the characters they're gonna know like you know they're gonna know that cliff jumper is just the guy who got killed off <laughs> You know, oh, poor Cliff Jumper. Yeah, I know. Voiced by voiced by one of my good friends, uh, Andrew Morgano. Very very cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. And but that's all they're gonna know. And 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 yeah. it's like you know because we forget that you know as as these franchises come out and as as time you know moves forward, we forget like you know somewhere out there a kid's gonna grow up with this. Like this is gonna be their mm-hmm. definitive version of Transformers. They're you know and and that's I'm fine with that. Like, you know, if you like a version of, you know, that that I don't like, cool. And if I like something you don't like, then, you know, respect my, you know, why can't we agree to disagree on that? <laughs> 100%, man. 100% like, yeah. I, I never really get like the rage the rage aspect of of fandoms and stuff especially fans the fandoms that I'm a part of uh, I think it's just you know people are bored I don't know like there's nothing that I dislike enough to say that I dislike it and there's plenty of things it within franchises that I'm a fan of uh, where I'm like oh, I probably would have done something different but like there's someone out there who loves that and even if the, the toys when we were kids you know like somebody who's uh, either much younger or much older We'll look at this. It's a brick that kind of looks like a car, and you pull the legs out, and it turns into a statue. How fun is that? It's nothing compared to the what you can do today. I mean, but we looked at that, and our imaginations were went wild. And uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't judge it because there's someone out there. Someone out there loves it. And the same goes for TV shows and media and movies and. And everything. Yeah, and 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 you know, speaking of like G one, you know, toys like most of those toys get reissued because the molds are stand the test of time. You know well, that too, right? 
<laughs> I mean, I I lost count how many times like OG Optimus and and Soundwave got reissued. <laughs> yeah, I remember early on when Jazz started getting reissued, and they did not have like I think the mold cracked, so they had to redo the head, and they decided to make put this really creepy smile oh I do you remember, remember this <laughs> where his mouth is like wide open and like jazz is like the coolest transformer you know he's like he, literally the story-wise within the narrative he's the coolest transformer and he's like ah, this is big giant available God. No, um, oh god, I remember. Oh man, this this one hurts. But I mean, uh, do you remember like Arachnid from from Prime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. I don't, ca- I, don't, I don't think I grabbed that toy though. I remember that. I love that character. I grabbed that toy, and that toy was awful. But like one of the worst, yeah. the the worst things I hate about that toy was again, it's just a shell former, <laughs> and and the thing that really pissed me off was the head sculpt on that thing, amazingly show accurate. And I'm oh, like, this this really? is like a this is like a great head sculpt wasted on a shell former. <laughs> It's just not not even a shell former, like just like you know, on your back. There you go. That's a helicopter mode. The entire helicopter mode is just their back. It's just awful. And it's funny because you like you look at that and you'll be like, oh, it's a shell former. You just lie it down and stuff. And that's light years beyond the stuff that we coveted and held dear when we were little kids. Because like some of these things, like the jump starters, like every kid had a jump starter. The jump starter had one joint. And then it opened up, not counting the, the arms and the head, the little fins in the back. Uh, and so we judge Air Acted because it comes out at a time where the alternators are, are out, where all these other Prime uh, – that, that, that always blows my mind, how there's such a stylized look to the Prime characters, to the animated characters. But a lot of these engineering um, – a lot of them are engineered in a way where it actually emulates the, the animation model, which is hard. Um, so another one of my favorite pieces is the, uh, the swindle from uh, Animated because it's Fred Willard. And I love Fred Willard. Oh, uh, rest, rest in, in peace. peace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my God, like it, if there, if ever there was a transformer that wasn't perfect for someone, it was Fred Willard. Uh, he was basically the used car salesman. They put, should have put a, like a tweed jacket on him or a plaid jacket. Uh, but yeah, and and so I mean, they can't all be perfect. And then we'll talk about the ones that aren't perfect. But there's so it's only because there's so much that are perfect. So comparing it against that, you know, it's it's gonna be no more noticeable. Compare that against you know some of the uh, really early G1 from the myriad of toy lines that they came from it's pretty good <laughs> oh man i remember g1 cyclone it's like the plane mode was great but the robot mode was like this freakish bunny monstrosity <laughs> god Ooh, have you seen the new cyclonus images though oh i want that i'm like yes it's I not mean, it's it's not idw cyclonus but i'll take it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i the the, the the generations one, the classics one, was great. It was a great mold, uh, and then they repainted it in the right colors and that two pack. It was really cool. This Cyclonus looks amazing. It's look, it looks like one of these masterpiece toys. That's why I feel like masterpiece is sort of like redundant now because you're getting that between well. the studio series. <laughs> well, it, they're more easy to transform <laughs> than some of the masterpieces, at least, uh, and they don't explode like hounds. So, uh... <laughs> sorry. Hound. But no, yeah, I mean I, I, I mean I still have my Generations Hound. I I like that toy. I don't care what anyone says. I think that's like that's a good toy. Yeah, you know, and it, and it, and it came with Ravage. So there you go. Like why would mm-hmm. I why would I want to buy another Hound? I have already I already have the perfect Hound. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I, I like the new hound though. The hound, the new hound is a, uh, it's a really good took. It's a fun mold. Uh, but yeah, the that classic, that first wave of class classics. Um, like I love that Astro Train too. That's a really good toy uh, for a triple changer to actually become like a bullet train instead too. That was a really neat little take on it. But yeah, that that Prime was so many people's favorite Optimus Prime, the classics Optimus Prime for so long. And I think this one, the one I was talking about before, is finally like you know taking that crown. But uh, but yeah, that like in in the fandom that was still like the Optimus Prime through all of these different iterations. And and then you know you had that period of where classics Optimus Prime became like the go-to mold. Where where remember yeah. that period where we're like yeah this is, this, is, this is the mold. We're never gonna get a better Optimus Prime yeah. than that. <laughs> it was like I think Botcon every single flavor of Optimus Prime came out and Toxitron whatever else. Oh I yeah. I, I mean the, the only mold I have was the San is the San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Uh, nemesis prime from that so oh right on. <laughs> and i love him and he he's nemesis prime and i love him <laughs> you know like you know like, again i'm not a fan of you know again like you know i'm just saying like i, I don't collect masterpieces but that nemesis prime man that new nemesis prime <laughs> yeah and again we wouldn't have that if not for the anime robots in disguise or car robots with scourge i think they call them from the laser optimus prime the the tanker truck uh where they it was like the first but and then that figure holds up too and then they repainted that for uh the titans return version so it, it all comes full circle it's all this you can go crazy like charlie from always sunny and drawing the lines from everything on a cork board uh to try to see where everything came from but yeah yeah the, the, now we have an evil optimus prime with teal details and a pink sword forever and ever amen so that's uh it's pretty cool i mean I mean, yeah, we, we. I mean, you know, we we make fun of like the, the you know the the masterpiece line, but it's it's kind of amazing how far they've come from you know being like kind you know uh, an interpretation of what this character would look like. To holy mm. crap, this is the most G one accurate thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> oh God, I, I really I like I don't care. I want that new Star Scream. That new Star Scream is like the most G one accurate Star Scream that has ever existed. <laughs> So, so one thing I have, uh, <laughs> I'm only allowed to keep character toys of characters that I actually voice in the living room. Otherwise, they have to stay in the back of the office. So there's a lot of things in storage. But one of the displays I have, I call the display of narcissism, which is all star screams. Every generation one continuity, because that's technically. I'm G1 continuity, so all of those guys, uh, sort of like Pretender and Action Master and all these tiny little official things are, uh, are, are in there. And I've got a little spot right behind the, uh, the statue waiting for that masterpiece because, oh my god, it looks cool. And even though Earthrise is like an amazingly accurate G1 Starscream, that thing is, I mean, ah, you see all the faces? It looks so cool. I mean, it, it looks $300 cool. So, so I might uh, say I'm that I'm that level crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because I'm not really into like you know. Again, I would love to collect the the Beast Wars masterpieces, but then I'd be broke because yeah. <laughs> oh, I God. would not have any any money left. I'm like. Yeah. I really want that Megatron. That's my Megatron. That's my Megatron. <laughs> mm. And again, just a uh, shout out to David K. Hot knife through butter that voice for 
Beast Wars Megatron. My God. Uh, I, I really want to meet him at IRL because he said, like, you know, he gives out... I don't know if you've met him, but he, he does this thing where he gives out buttons where <laughs> with, with, with um, where you push it and, it's, and it says, like... Uh, uh, what was it? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, <laughs> and he said, like, you know, if, if you know, if, if we ever meet, you know, and and you come to my table, I'll give you one for free. I don't care. <laughs> like, you know, cool. like, yeah, yeah, He's man. Such a nice guy. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I and I have seen videos of people like taking that, you know, the chips out and putting it into the masterpiece one, so you get the David K experience. And I'm like, oh, oh I you want... can? Yeah, you can. You know, I mean, it's wow. it's. It's hard, but I'm like, I'll actually pay my money to, to get a modded one with David Kay's voice. Because that's, you know, that's that's the character. <laughs> Gary, too, though, you know, like, I, I, I really want a sound chip in that Optimal Optimus so I could press a button. It says, uh, you know, well, that's just prime. Art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, God, I, I. That was that whole show. The comedy in that show was it was just so perfectly balanced, you know. Like it was good science fiction. Like there were there were good stories, creative stories. Like it was good sci-fi. But that whole you know diecast metal. Look at the screen. It's a dying art. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. It was really fun. Oh, I, I think, you know, I think one of my favorite performances from, from Gary Chalk from that show was the episode where Quick Strike and, and Optimus switch bodies or, or, oh, Quick, yes. or Quick Strike takes control of Optimus's body and he puts on a southern mm. accent. It's the most hilarious thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites was uh, Rhinox when he was like super high. Do you remember? It was like, oh. <laughs> Singing. There he goes, my little guy. Isn't he cute? <laughs> like, I used to have that as one of like the default beeps on my computer. That like, isn't he cute? <laughs> so dumb. Oh, evil Rhinox is, is hilarious because he's like the most competent bad guy in all of season one. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> We're gonna get into beast machines if you keep talking about that. Oh, good lord! I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I again, I will argue that that was not a bad show. It might there might have been some inconsistency to character portrayals and of course, you know. Rat Trap uh, has wheels. I will forever hate yeah. Rat Trap having wheels. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It yeah, just I, again, I am defending aspects of it. Like I I think it was a good science fiction cartoon show. You know, like if you're it, 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 it made some changes, you know, and I think now forever. Uh, now, that, that's something interesting because the organic core of Cybertron that's established in that show kind of carried over to one of the ones that I was in the, the last installment of Prime Wars because they're in like a jungle. Yeah, like it looks like giant like plant like things that are sticking up when they meet Megatron. And then, um, yeah, cause I, I was one of the Dinobots in that. I was sludge. Uh, so that, that whole scene where they like have that big fight so i guess that makes beast machines part of that g1 canon that goes into this modern iteration between prime wars and 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 whatever so that's i god i don't know why i didn't think about that before that's interesting um, and my, my problem with it was you know i kind of wish hasbro just told the, the the people writing it but they, they wanted it to be a sequel and not oh don't watch anything from the previous series because we're starting mm. a new continuity and they kind of went into that trying to start a new continuity but then they were told no it's still a sequel to beast wars yeah so and it's just a mess it really is i mean because it's because it's it's one of those things where i think it would have been amazing if they had followed through with like you know straight up 100 percent continuity and they they went in there yeah. and, and you know just just did a sequel 
to Beast Wars, but Hasbro and, you know, Dan DiDio and all the people in charge are like, no, 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 we we want it to be its own thing, but still, ugh, it's just a mess. <laughs> Again, though, it was really pretty. It was really well done. Like, there's, there are aspects of it that, uh, <laughs> I'm here defending it here, uh, that that are good. They're the, the performances were good there there's a lot of things in there that you know that was somebody's beast wars and watch that for the first time some of those toys were really cool like uh was it snarl that uh that lion the gold lion um that sadly will be crushed now because of gold plastic syndrome but um (laughs) that was a great toy yep (laughs) you know i mean some of them are weird you know but uh i mean beast wars had the mutants you know if you want an alligator to transform into a i don't know mouse or something i forgot half of them already i think it was like an owl that turned into a frog with a jetpack i don't know oh Uh, there there was that one warthog who was really popular because will smith said his name on an episode of fresh prince of bel-air oh right 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 yeah I love things like that. Like if you look behind Fred Savage and what's on the wall and the Princess Bride, or like someone says the name of something that's like a scriptwriter threw in there in the middle of Fresh Prince, or like, oh no, gosh. Oh, uh, I remember my favorite. I remember like watching Lethal Weapon again, and I remember that scene where they're talking to the kids, and he's like, "I mm. bet you like GoBots. You like GoBots." <laughs> God is um not too long ago uh bring back Doctor Who again. There is uh in the opening of one of the episodes, Clara Oswald is like I guess is one of these things where it's like a different life where she doesn't remember what's going on, and she holds G one Galvatron, which is kind of cool because like it's yeah, like an other like Doctor Who connection through the two thousand five like the Simon Furman comics of the Andrew Wildman and whatnot. So she's got Galvatron. She's like I'm the boss, and she's like making a funny voice. And like, this is this is crazy. This is G one. Galvatron, which is like what, a metal plastic paper towel roll with a face on it, and uh, and she's using it, she's throwing it around and stuff. It's really fun. But yeah, little things like that I love. Was it was it the the original or was it the repaint? The show accurate. I think repaint? it was the original. No, oh, I think okay. it was the original. It was like some somebody like in the props department, just like probably. I'm I'm assuming it was on purpose. Someone's there, like hey, someone's gonna see this because we like Galvatron not like really in our cultural vernacular right now everybody knows megatron and optimus prime the way that you know superman or mickey mouse but uh, these days but galvatron is not like common knowledge so far as i know maybe it is in england i don't know but well, uh, i mean we because we, yeah. we still haven't gotten a good Meg, um, galvatron toy that's why <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> You didn't uh, like the Titans Return version? That that hurts. That that one hurts because it's like it's it's you know the gimmick killed it. <laughs> it killed it. <laughs> I've seen some of these like people make these three D printed heads for it, and it does look really cool. And I think they've just they either just released it or it's just starting to ship. But the, they made a Megatron from from that mold without the Headmaster. Uh, yeah, and I'm like from some you like, know Japanese what? comic. Yeah, because I'm like you know why couldn't you just repaint this? into Galvatron and, you know, call it a day. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) Oh, man, I I gotta... You know, I I actually came close to meeting him at, like, San Diego Comic-Con 2009, but, like, the line was really long, and and I didn't want to be that guy who's, like, you know, going up to him and saying, oh, I, you know, talking about Transformers, because everyone else was there for Star Trek, and I'm Mm. going to be that guy who's, like, I remember remember back when you used to do the Transformers. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Honestly, man, he was super gracious about that kind of stuff. 
like it was like yeah he would he would have totally been like oh well that's really that's wonderful nice to meet you and like mm. that, that's yeah he was a really cool very very chill down to earth dude very, yeah very that, nice that guy. yeah that was one of my biggest regrets like had i known like a couple of years later he would have you know passed away i would have like you know yeah. <laughs> i would have taken that opportunity i would have like waited an hour an hour and a half just to just to meet him because <laughs> those lines were oh those lines were insane oh god <laughs> one of the funniest things that i've seen it was um it was I saw this on video. Uh, I think it was Dragon Con where Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis were scheduled for a gargoyles panel, and they didn't remember anything about gargoyles. <laughs> and if you've ever seen Frakes and Sirtis in any kind of panel, they are. I, I don't want to curse in your show. They are effing hilarious, right? They're like super witty, sharp as attack, but like a lot of like, you know, some dirty jokes here and there and stuff. I mean, this just is, is hilarious. So the two of them just like riffed on how little they remembered from Gargoyles. Uh, I don't know if you watched Gargoyles. So uh, <laughs> okay, you know, did. All right, cool. Yeah, you yeah. Know. So, you know, half the <laughs> cast of Next Generation yep. is there. Like Brent Spiner was Puck and uh, gosh, yeah. I think Kate Mulgrew was in that too, I think, right? Uh, Michael Dorm was, uh, Cold Storm. Michael Dorn was Cold, Cold Storm. Storm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, was there anyone from DS9 in that? Was uh, Renee Ojibwan, baby? I know Janeway was in there. Like, she was... Janeway uh... was definitely... Kate Mulgrew was definitely in there. Yeah, yeah. She was... Um, what? What's that guy's name? Uh, Oberon's wife. Yeah, she was Oberon's yeah. wife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that was a good season, too, that whole, <laughs> whole storyline, man. Yeah, Ober- Oberon, the Oberon arc. Um, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's interesting. Uh, I mean, speaking of, like, funny panel moments, I remember, like, um, uh, I think it was, like, TFCon where someone asked, like, uh, Ian James Corlett and, and Alec Widows a comic book question, and they were mm. confused because <laughs> they, they don't read the comics, and they're like, huh, what? <laughs> It's, See, I, I, that's where I kind of like to have a little fun because, like, I think sometimes the fans don't expect you to know stuff, you know, and like, and there's plenty of other properties that I'm in where I'm like, I'll, I'll know because I'm interested and I read this stuff and I get really excited when I get to be a part of a property. But Transformers, there's a special level of like, yeah, I know this stuff. Is all right. I got you. So I always feel bad. Um, a good buddy of mine is a guy that plays Megatron, uh, uh, Jason Marnoga. So we'd be like sitting next to each other and they'd ask me something. He'd be like, I don't know. I drink scotch. So I don't know. Ask this guy. And it points to me. And I'd be like, yes, on page 32 of issue seven. Uh, and tell you what's on the cover. Uh, so it was, it's kind of turned into a bit with us whenever we're out somewhere. Like he'll kind of make a joke. He'd be like, that's a frank question. I'll just come out. Like, oh, let me tell you. But I get way too excited about this stuff. God. No, because they don't expect you to to know your stuff. Because you know we're we're at that point where oh they're just actors they don't know the stuff but you know <laughs> you know <Literally. laughs> like because 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 here's the thing with me like once I find out like someone's passionate about something like I'm into we're gonna talk about that you bet your ass we're gonna you talk about yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, this was this has been a very fun voiceover panel. We have learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how to get into voiceovers. <laughs> Jeez. No, um, well, I mean, for those who've listened long enough, and you know, here's your reward. <laughs> no, here's your reward. We're gonna we're gonna finally talk about Cuphead. Like, cause no. cause, <laughs> cause I forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, he's also Mugman. <laughs> Completely forgot <laughs> amongst all the all the talk about Transformers. 
But like, how did that come about, though? Like, how did you get involved in Cuphead? So I'm wondering. I mean, how how I got involved is just I got the audition from my uh, amazing agent at CESD, and uh, I auditioned. Uh, they were nice enough to bring me back, and, and then the rest is history. Uh, about the show, I'll say, like me as a person, I'm someone who rarely laughs when reading. You know, like if you're reading a, a funny book. You know, you're reading David Sedaris, you're like, Heh, you know, whatever. Uh, every single script that I've gotten for the show, I've laughed out loud, like every single one. And it is it is genuinely funny. Um, and like, I, it's one of these things where like a lot of times I won't talk too much about something before it comes out because I don't want to like, you know, set expectations to a certain way or, or, you know, whatever. Right. This one, I'm like, this is really, really funny. Uh, the, the showrunners, the writers, so much smarter than me, so much smarter than me. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Do you, do you know the game that it's based on? Well, yeah. I mean, I've, okay. I've seen right. people it's, rage it's, at it. <laughs> it's well, it's so hard. Like, and I, it, but it's one of these games where a lot of times you'll play something and it's very difficult. You'll play a run and gun game or a platformer or whatever. And you throw your controller across the room. You, curse some deity and you walk out this is super hard but i keep playing it and i keep dying and i don't care because it's so pretty uh every single uh frame of the game is hand drawn so it's done in the old wire hose uh animation style of like fleischer and early disney cartoons and stuff and the show kind of carries that over in the look and the feel uh and the humor which is like sort of updated for for today but not in a way that it is a modern thing it's still very much one of those old flesh cartoons. So I always make the joke where this is like as close as I can get to time travel because I'm getting this insane honor to originate a character that could have come out in 1930. And just have the design, the music, the it's amazing. Amazing. I covered in bruises because I pinch myself all the time. It's amazing. Man. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I saw the... The, the 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 rough animatic and i'm like oh this is gonna look amazing when it's animated in full because <laughs> oh that chase sequence oh it's so good <laughs> and the, and all of the other actors i mean i'm i'm whatever but like all the other actors are so good like so uh the the only ones like i guess i can talk about are the ones that play uh cuphead and uh and elder kettle uh you've got true joe uh and oh my god the devil you're gonna flip like it, 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 it he sings that's i think i could say that i think that's that's already public knowledge but it's it, you're gonna like it man you're gonna like it yeah because i'm i've always thought you know this should be an animated series and you know there you go it's, it's an animated series and kind of wish we had a release date and we could go into more detail about it but we can't because you know i'll, I'll come back on when, uh, <laughs> when i can say something just like edit it in or something later <laughs> the cuphead show was amazing <laughs> cuphead will be out and now that it's at silence, so you can come up like, like, eh, like <laughs> add a number in the middle. Five, uh, four, four, three, two, two, nine. <laughs> Oof. It's a funny show. Funny show. <laughs> funny show. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, well, this has devolved into nonsense. <laughs> As it should, man. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, man. No, really... this is where I fun. Oh, you gotta come yeah. back. We gotta, we gotta do this again. I had so much. We fun We haven't talking. talked about Star Wars yet. For <laughs> oh God, no. It's... We'd be here all day. This would be seven hours long if we if we talk about Finally. Star Wars. Um, you know, before we go, is there any place people can find you online to pester you? 
is always the, the hardest part because I don't remember anything. Uh, my website is franktodaro.tv. Uh, Twitter I don't use too much, but when I do, it's franktodaro.vo. Uh, Instagram is ftodaro. And Facebook, I think, is voice. And if you see me in the store, just punch me in the arm, say hello, make fun of my shoes or something. I don't know. There, there you go. <laughs> Well, I mean, I hope not. I hope you, they practice social distancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez, especially where we are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, no, thank you so much for, for taking the time off to do this. This has been wonderful. This has been a very fun conversation, and thanks to all who are still listening. So <laughs> listen. To thank the, you so much for having me. Thanks for yeah. asking. It means a lot. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we have to do this again sometime because this is very fun. Very fun. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Super fun. Man. All right. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Talk to you of later. Of course. Bye bye. Season.